my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of the HR Sound Off podcast show. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host. Today, I am joined by my guest, Echo Sunny Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. I've been doing this recent series where I've been introducing you to amazing people who are working in the HR space, whether in HR or HR adjacent who are doing great things to bring awareness to how we can create better workplaces, safer workplaces. One of the tools that a lot of you are using is Glassdoor. Why do you use it? To compare organizations, to see if it's a good fit for you, to see if there are good jobs out there. But what if I told you there was a Glassdoor for diversity, equity, and inclusion that could tell you if the organization you're thinking about working with actually does embrace people of color. Well, Echo did something really amazing. And he created a space that he calls the Glassdoor for Diversity and Inclusion Workplaces. And it's called Inside Voices, right? That's right. So tell us, Echo, um, a little bit about yourself. Who is Echo Sunny Thomas? So my background is actually in real estate finance. Um, mm-hmm. I was born in the UK. I'm a mathematician and finance professional by trade. And after over a decade in finance, I just grew tired of companies operating in falsehoods. You know, they were trading on false reputations and it was damaging not just me, but my peers. I was repeatedly seeing people go through cycles um, of, you know, lack of a better term abuse um and i felt like it was time that someone did something about it and so you did see a need fill a need that's right tell us all about inside voices so inside voices is like you say glass door for diversity it's an opportunity for job seekers to understand how companies really treat people of color by hearing from current employees we ask employees a series of questions about how the organization um, treats people of color and the outcomes related to race in the workplace. So it's not just about the individual story of the person submitting the review, but it's also right. about um, you know, what's happening at an organizational level. You know, are there certain departments where there's representation and not in others? Um, mm-hmm. Is there pay equity? Can people of color be themselves? We're really trying to give people a holistic view of how race is gonna impact the experience um, of being in that workplace so yeah. that Job seekers can make informed decisions about where they want to work because, you know, just going into a workplace blind and hoping that it lives up to your expectations or just hoping that you won't be mistreated, mm. it's, it's not a way to, it's not an, an appropriate way to protect yourself. Yeah. We, really, we really needed an opportunity to share information. Um, I think sharing knowledge is such an important but under 
spoken over, under discussed part of DEI work. Yeah. Um, and so I really wanted to create a space that people could do that with the safety of anonymity so that they could really speak their truth. Yeah. And I'm, I, I was going to actually ask you that, like, what is the confidence that people have that what they're saying is not going to be, they're not going to be exposed as the one who shared that information? Yeah, that's a really good question. So it, it's a two-parter, really, because one, there's what we do, and then there's two, what you do. Right. Uh, I'll do. I'll say what we do first, and that's, you know, we're protecting your information as much as we can. Right. And I'll say for anybody who has questions about, you know, how much that matters to us, our reputation is on the line, right? My reputation is on the line. If a single yeah. person is found to have written an Inside Voices review and faces retaliation as a result, that's going to damage the entire site. You know, the yes. credibility disappears. So this is mutually assured destruction. I'm as invested in your anonymity as you are. On the other side, you know, like I said, the review questions are really around the organizational level outcomes, not necessarily about your own story. You know, right. People of color uh, are the majority of our reviewers. Excuse me. <clears throat> people of color are the majority of our reviewers, but white people right. can also review too. And mm. we find that about 10% of our reviews come from allies. Now, that's wow. great cover because when you're in an organization where there are very few people of color, even if yeah. you don't mention your own personal story in the review, it can mm -hmm. feel very, it can feel like you're identifying yourself. It can feel yeah. like exposing, exposing mm -hmm. um, that cover, those, that 10% of allies, they actually provide a very useful and important service to the yeah. rest of us in saying, you don't know who it is. It's anybody who cares about yeah. DEI. Wow. That's powerful. So how does it look to someone going on to Inside Voices? What does the experience look like for them? Sure. So when you visit the site, you're going to go, and most people do, they go straight to read reviews, right? And I think, yeah. I do think that's helpful. I think you should read before you start writing. Yeah. Now, you'll first be presented with, you know, you'll search for the company that you want to look up, and that company will be given a score, which is calculated based on the results of the answers that other people have given. That's cool. They'll have a top line score out of five and they'll be given subtopic scores for representation, diversity, inclusion, uh, mm -hmm. fairness and other other subtopics. Right. We also ask all reviewers, would you recommend your company to a person of color and why? And that why is a free text answer, free text review where reviewers give us the real nitty gritty. Like this is where people tell you exactly what's going on. Um, yeah. You know, I think you'd be amazed at some of the things that you would find in there that as a person outside an organization, you do not have access to that level of information about how an organization runs. Mm -hmm. um, particularly when we're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, where companies yeah. are so carefully guarded about the things that they let out of the organization. Mm -hmm. Then if you'd like to read that review, you do have to sign up. Yeah. Um, and then you can read one review. And if you want to read more than one review, then you need to write a review. And right. the reason that we do it that way is because studies have shown that people write more balanced reviews if you ask them for information at the point when they're trying to read information rather than relying on everybody just saying, oh, I want to write a review and then coming straight yeah. to the site. So you have a lot of science behind it um, and just being very practical about how you get take on board those reviews. And obviously, before they go live, you would actually review them, right? No, we don't. No, um, no we don't okay. review we don't review reviews um, and that's well, one reason is that we don't want to be in the business of moderating because that does legally push us towards publisher territory. Okay. Um, but number two is 
we're early, we are grassroots. Yeah. This is about having your voice heard. Right. But these are online reviews. Everybody takes online reviews with a, with a pinch of salt, and I think so, that's appropriate, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. There's going to be some bad actors who are going to be putting up reviews that are just not legitimate. But I think yeah. if you read them, and particularly if you compare, you know, if you read reviews, all the reviews for a company together and look for trends, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, then you'll be able to get a picture for, okay, is that just one person or is that really yeah. just how it is in the organization? Um, mm -hmm. I don't think we need to be getting involved at that stage. And right. and I would point to Glassdoor and say, you know, I do frequently hear complaints from users that, you know, I wrote a review and it mentioned bullying or it mentioned racism and it either was never posted or it was posted yeah. shortly and soon after taken down. Taken and that down. level of censorship is just, uh, yeah. I don't think that's acceptable. Yeah, and you don't need that. People want to get the full picture and they want exactly. to really understand the truth. So thank you so much for creating this space. So how many companies actually are, are currently reviewed on, on Inside Voices? We have several thousand companies on there right now. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So people can go and actually take a look. When would you recommend that people actually start to Okay, take a look at Inside Voices. And know you think about like the job hunting experience, things that people don't necessarily take into consideration, but now that they know that Inside Voices exists, how would you recommend they use it um, to their advantage? Sure, so we find that most people come to us at the stage at which they've received some interest from the organization. So mm -hmm. whether that be they applied and now they've been invited to interview, or they were approached by a recruiter. Um, that's usually when people are like, okay, let me just check if this is a place I actually want to invest my time in going through the recruitment process. Yeah. Now, I think that's a worthwhile time. I think, I think that's probably the right time if you're in your job hunt. But yeah. I think if you're in an organization and you have any questions about your treatment, you know, you, or you, and even if you're in an organization where you think that the organization is performing well, I mm -hmm. think it's the right time to be looking at outside to see who yeah. are my competitors, think about your competitors and understand, try to understand where do we benchmark in that? Because you may mm -hmm. think your company's doing terribly, but when you start to see what's happening in other organizations, you might think actually, it's not that bad, I don't wanna make a move. Yeah. Or you might think this isn't so bad, every company's the same, and that's something we hear all the time. They're all yeah. doing the same thing. Well, mm -hmm. our results show that that's not true. So if you actually start to look at the companies that you might want to move towards, you can mm -hmm. see, okay, actually, this one sounds better than the others. And then you can start yeah. to think about, well, what kind of roles would I want to fill in in that organization? And mm -hmm. how can I start to move myself and move my network towards that organization so that when it's time to jump ship, I have a better chance of success? Success, yes, definitely. That's some great advice. Thank you for sharing that. So I want to ask you this. I don't even know how to ask you this, Echo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm nervous now. Um, so you're you're closing a really huge gap for people in the DEI space and also in the HR space as well. And I think a lot of times that um, there's a huge divide sometimes between DEI and HR. Mm -hmm. um, how do you see Inside Voices being one of those spaces that would really help both DEI to build their case in the organization as well as HR? I, see... I know that's a big one, right? It's a tough one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see us motor I see inside voices right now and, and you know what we have right now is really just the consumer side yeah. um, you know the user user focused platform we are introducing a, a business focused enterprise software 
um, in the in the coming months because we want to help companies to yes. actually get better, not exactly. just to point out that they're not that they're that they're failing. That they but, suck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, right now, you know, we sit in the motivation space. Yeah. We are in that we're in that point where you know for for job seekers, right? We're great for transparency but yeah. for companies. And particularly companies where there are people in the organization who really, really want the company to do better and can mm -hmm. see a route to doing so and can't get the internal conviction, can't get people to invest the dollars or the time yeah. that's needed to then be able to shine that light on the results and mm -hmm. then be able to point to a place and say, well, if we don't do anything about this, reviews like this are going to continue. And this is how exactly. people speak about their experience. So forget yeah. what you think we're doing. This is what we're really doing. That's really where I think we sit at the moment. And I think it's been, and that's been the feedback that we've received from mm -hmm. the our community of DEI practitioners. It's been great. I'm using this with my clients. Like I want them to see that, yeah. you know, this is, you have an opportunity to improve. People are speaking about the specific ways that you failed them. Let's yeah. jump on this. Exactly. I think this is a great opportunity for people in that space, just as you said. Data is king. Information right. is king. And if you have it at your fingertips, then you have no excuse to exactly. not do better and and exactly. that's where i see um invoice inside voices making a, a huge um input in organizations in people in those professions and in those spaces to do better and be better yeah. so i found you <laughs> on tiktok <laughs> I saw your content on TikTok and I was so impressed and I was like, I have to reach out to this guy because what you're doing is so amazing. And I felt like it was so important to share your platform with on my platform and let the people know that you exist and the amazing work that you're doing. What inspired you to create the content that you create on TikTok? And I want to talk about some of the some of the content that you create create that really actually, you know, I have it up right now. Okay. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> this the one that I'm watching was watching just now was a really good one on like racism in the UK. Because I think, you know, we talk a lot about racism in the US. We see it in all the different mass shootings and all these different things that are happening. And people almost feel like, I think the UK has done a really good job at hiding racism from yes. the outside world, yes. but it does exist. And you know that because you're British, I'm yeah. British, I know that. We grew up in spaces, we probably experienced it all at some point in our lives. I know I experienced racism mm -hmm. going to school. So we've all experienced it, but the UK does a really good job at masking it. Um, and I loved your video on how you talked about, you shared all those different articles and how racism is just, it's there. It happens from the government level. It happens from your friends, your family. Like you get it, you can get it all at any level. The time. Yeah. But yeah. I really, I really love that. Well, what inspired you um, to share your content on, on social media platforms such as TikTok? And what yeah. success have you had in terms of that converting with Inside Voices? Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's talk, talk about that video for a second. So that video, yeah. honestly, I mean, I actually think that was, it was a little bit of an offshoot because I do try to, with my content, focus on racism in the workplace. Yeah, and this, well, you do that, a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that video was not actually about the workplace. It was just about racism in general. But honestly, yeah. I had just woken up. I was scrolling. 
um, and I was just getting more and more irate by the things mm -hmm. that I was reading. And yeah. you know, literally three articles that I read in quick succession, all of them hit on perfect examples of racism mm -hmm. in the UK and the insidious undercover nature that it takes on. I just I couldn't believe that. You know, I, I struggled so I struggled so much to get, particularly Americans. You know, born in the UK, I moved yeah. to New York for the first time in 2015, mm -hmm. um, and you know, the US is uh, experienced at speaking about its racism, even yeah. if it doesn't necessarily overcome all of its problems. It's very much talking about it. The yeah. UK, it's like, it's like censored. So it's like yeah. we're not allowed to talk about it. Yeah. You can't speak about it in private conversation. It's not speak, spoken about in public conversation or in the media. You know, every single time you see racist in the media, there's quotation marks as if like, yeah. as, if, as if it's a made up term, like yeah. it's the name of a book. Like, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And so, and so I, I really found, um, I'm really frustrated by that because yeah. it stops us from being able to get any progress because people can't even speak about their experiences without mm -hmm. other people attacking them and yeah. accusing them of playing the race card and, or being mm -hmm. offensive um, yeah. by telling someone that they did something that was, that was racist. But, mm -hmm. you know, for my content in general, this you know, <laughs> professionals of color are yeah. by nature risk averse. No, that's just the, the nature of the, the success that we have um, mm -hmm. and the experiences that we go through, particularly in predominantly white institutions, it, it continuously reminds us that we need to be careful, we need to be thoughtful about what we do. Yes. We can't act out of anger. You know, I've seen people rage quit. I've seen people mm -hmm. scream in the workplace. I've never seen a black or brown person do any of those things yep, because we're yep. very careful. And so with that comes this almost uh, cloak of secrecy, this silence that mm -hmm. comes over all of our discussions about what happens in the workplace that's related to race. So we'll talk about it. You know, you, you and I can chat about it. Yeah. But, and maybe I'll speak to one friend in the workplace if I consider them to be a friend that's white. But yeah. will I speak to the whole entire organization? Will I speak broadly about it? No. no. And so I saw that and I saw a platform like TikTok where people are talking about everything. Everything People are just out there bearing their soul. You know, I'm, yes. I'm not Gen Z, I'm a millennial, but I see Gen Z yeah. out there bearing their soul. Yeah. But there were two things missing. One, I didn't see a lot of people speaking directly about racism in the workplace. And mm -hmm. let's not forget that for the majority of people, the workplace is the most diverse place that they go to. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you spend a lot of your time there, the majority yeah. of your waking hours, and mm -hmm. it's the most diverse place you go to. So this is an opportunity exactly. for us to actually have some interaction with people that are different to us and learn from each other. Yeah. We can't talk about what's happening there. Mm -hmm. On top of that, Gen Z, while I love that they are so outspoken and I really think they're such a brave, um, a brave generation. Like, yeah. Honestly, uh, you know, they, they make millennials so proud because it's like, that's what we wanted to do, but we didn't quite have the guts to do it. Um, they make us so proud. But they, um, but I do think it generally takes people a few years in their career to yeah. really understand how much they are experiencing, how much um, they're being held down. You know, I yeah. did an article the other day and I was explaining to them that, um, I, you know, if I were to change one thing about my career, I would be kinder to myself yeah. and accept that, you know, a lot of the things that held me back, a lot of the things, a lot of the successes that I didn't feel like came at the appropriate time were mm -hmm. actually out of my control. Mm -hmm. um, and it took me probably 10 years to, to finally accept yeah. that. I don't think there were, in, you know, most voices on, on TikTok are Gen Z voices, and I don't think there were enough people that had come to that realization, had that experience personally, yeah. to see that actually the glass ceiling, you hear about it, but when mm -hmm. you feel it and it starts yeah. to compress you, you smash your mm -hmm. head up against it, 
then you realize, oh, no, 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 like I need to do something, something else has to happen here. Yes. Yeah, so I just wanted to be, I wanted to be the face for it. I was like, you know, I don't have anything to lose in this respect. You know, I've already, already left my organization. I've already raised my racial discrimination complaint and been rebuffed, you know. Yeah. If I'm going to be blacklisted, the black, I'm already on it. So I'll talk, yeah. you know, because, you know, I'm not even saying anything that we don't all know. I'm just speaking our truth. Your truth, yes. And I, I appreciate that. Such an amazing space, and I think you're doing such a really good job at even addressing the most uncomfortable things. Um, one of the other videos that I saw that you did that I like is talking about okay, it's summer, and I don't want you comparing your tan to your black or brown colleagues. Like, could we not do that? Thank you, you know, yeah. because I think that's something that we we don't talk about. You know, but people tan all the time and then they come, oh, look, I'm almost the same color as you. No, no, you're not. Right. right. And you can't even push back against that in the workplace. Mm -hmm. You can't say, like, that's not appropriate. Yeah. No, I, don't, I don't want to talk about this. I mean, particularly in the UK, then <laughs> you, you could never, like, what do you mean? What's, what's the problem? I don't understand. Like, you know, mm -hmm. my, my, my best friend's dog's friend was black. You know, it becomes, you know, it becomes all of that. So, yes, like there, there are things that we can't say, particularly when we're dealing with microaggressions. Um, yes. And I do think some microaggressions have really been spoken about. And, you know, we've started to get that conversation going. Yeah. But I don't think people realize, like, every day is just a thousand cuts. You know, every so, day. Every yeah, day. so let's get that out there. Exactly. I want to thank you so much, Echo, for taking the time to see a need and create inside voices. I want to thank you for your bravery. I want to thank you for your vulnerability and sharing your story and your experiences and then converting that in such a way that makes it relatable, understandable, and easy for people to digest and not have to come back and then ask us questions to explain our blackness. Like, I really appreciate that you have created this space. I wish you every success of inside voices and just kind of like tell us what's next for for echo sunny thomas thank you so like i say next up we are launching our enterprise offering uh, mm -hmm. because you know one thing that has happened as a result of inside voices is i've had a proliferation of a million people contact me to say hey, my organization needs help like can you help yeah. us you know we're struggling to recruit we're struggling to retain we're struggling mm -hmm. to even understand where our faults are yeah. So we have um, two new offerings coming out in the coming months that are going to help companies take the temperature of their employees to understand mm -hmm. actually how how do they feel about what we're doing? How, yeah. Where are we sitting in, in, mm -hmm. in our industry? How do we benchmark against our peers? Yeah. Um, and how can how can we improve? And what work mm -hmm. do we need to do to improve? Yeah. Um, and how do we get in touch with those people? And then also, you know, how do we start to get access to and attract, not just be in front of, but attract the diverse yeah. diverse employees that we say we want, right? Because yes. companies are out there saying like, oh, we really, you know, they, you can't just put your job description, right? The same job description, post it on the same job board and then put a sentence at the bottom that says we encourage mm -hmm. black and brown people to apply. That's yes. not going to get the job done, okay? No, it's not. <laughs> you need to start posting it. Right. They need to start posting in different places. Yes. And you need to start changing the language that you're using. And you yes. need to start talking about being transparent and honest about exactly. your goals and your and your results when it yes. comes to how you treat us. Because nobody wants to walk into a dark cave. Okay. Nope. We've got we we are the Google generation, you know, millennials are the Google generation. 
we've been able to check everything. You know, every time I go to a restaurant, I can see what I'm going to eat before I get there. When yeah. I make a huge decision, like what company I'm going to join, I'm supposed to do that blind. It doesn't make sense. Uh, no. And so exactly. we really want to help companies to do a better job of being honest and transparent um, mm-hmm. so that they can see the advantages that they get when they do that, see and actually reap the benefits particularly for those in co- companies that are really working hard to be more inclusive. And I yeah. promise you, they are really out there. They're, re- they're slogging, they are. they are investing. Those companies should be number one on everybody's list, but nobody yeah. even knows who they are. Exactly. exactly. So we want to put them there. I appreciate that. Because, you know, for so long, so many people, they, they want to work in the top companies that they feel are like Apple and Google <laughs> and Netflix. And right. let's not talk about the lack of transparency in Netflix and, you know, <laughs> their diversity numbers. And everyone thinks because these people put out diversity reports, you know, that that's the full, long and the beginning mm-hmm. and the end of the story. But there's so much hi- hiding behind the scenes. You know, they're not really telling their true stories. And the struggles that you still hear those employees having within their organizations. So Mm. having that knowledge, that output to be able to go and research and be able to get that knowledge to be able to make better decisions about how you go into an organization, whether or not you even think it's worth your time to apply. Right. Because contrary to popular belief, you know, people aren't, out there making silly choices about working anywhere anymore Mm -mm. people are making very conscious decisions about where they want to work and what they want out of the organizations that they work with that's right people want the values to align with the organization they want the culture to be a welcoming one where they can be themselves and like Mm -hmm. it is it is in a company's interest to have you be yourself when you're at Mm -hmm. work Nobody needs you to be spending 10, 20% of your brain power trying to conform to their idea of what yeah. a professional is. 100% should be gone into the output to the job that you were hired to do. Um, and I think a lot of the time companies are missing that. Um, yeah. But people, well, I think employees are wising up to the fact that they're wasting their time and they're not getting the best out of themselves. And yeah. companies are just going to have to be dragged kicking and screaming into the future. Yeah, definitely. I want to ask you this last question. When it came to your experiences that you had in organizations, is there a point where you felt like HR failed you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I came, I, the point at which I decided that, you know, diversity could not just be, you know, my, I say side hustle, I wasn't getting paid for it, but it couldn't just yeah. be, you know, my, my passion on the side. And this was something yeah. I actually needed to get into with both feet. Mm-hmm. was at my last company when I raised a racial discrimination complaint. Um, and, you know, when we don't even talk about how much emotional turmoil you have to go through to get to the point where you're ready to raise a complaint like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I really battled with it for over six months, finally mm-hmm. came to the conclusion that I could and should, and you know, gathered my evidence, did all the things that I was asked to do, Mm-hmm. And, you know, throughout that process, I was misled and I feel like I was betrayed. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's funny because when we, this happens on almost all of my videos, when we start talking about these things that happen in the workplace, people come on and comment, um, uh, save emails, make a, get, get a paper trail, um, send, send the email to the person after you had the meeting, summarize, mm-hmm. summarize, summarize. I think what we don't discuss is that that, is that, that 
is for the suit, that's for the lawsuit, that's not for your HR complaint. Because yeah. you, can, you will and should include it in your HR complaint, it's probably not gonna make the difference. It's not gonna win them over because that is unfortunately, that, that is, you're not in a court of law. Um, and so, you know, I was in an organization, I've been in for about a year and a half at that point. Mm -hmm. I was in a very prominent position where I was leading the charge when it came to diversity. I was having, I was on panels with the CEO. I was speaking to senior leaders and having regular check-ins. I was reverse mentoring people. I was, mm -hmm. it was me partly because they pushed the other black people out that had voices. Um, and I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And so I thought, well, with this position that I have now, this is my opportunity to demonstrate that if a company has the values, which my company said it did have, and it really wants to make the change, which I believed it wanted to make, then they can do the right thing by yeah. an employee. And when they failed to do that, honestly, I, I think I lost all my faith in HR in that moment. Um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, we, we, I've always known that HR is there to protect the company, but I actually think in, in some instances, mm -hmm. I think HR professionals can be too short-sighted about how they try to protect the company and they protect the company's short-term interests and they miss out, they, they, they forget to consider appropriately the long-term objectives of the organization. Yes, and I will take that um, on point, but I will say some HR professionals, not all some. HR professionals, because it would be remiss of me. <laughs> yeah, HR TikTok, please don't come for me, I'm sorry. I meant, <laughs> I meant some. <laughs> HR TikTok will not come for you, I'm sure they will. <laughs> But that's the whole point of having these conversations. And that's why for me as an HR professional, I think it's so important to raise the awareness, just not just about um, demystifying the misconceptions people have about HR, but like how do we really get to this point? Because at the end of the day, what some persons deem as a misconception stems out of somebody's truth, right? Mm. A measure of truth that so, or an experience that someone has had that has led someone to feel that this is the only reason HR exists. And Can I so, ask you? Sure. What, how do you feel when people make the statement, HR is there to protect the company? I mean, it hurts me because I don't think that's, I don't ever think that that's my purpose. Like my mm. job is to make sure that every person in an organization that I work for has a good experience with me, whether that is the person is in the business in the operation mm. side of it, or whether it's the employees down below who are making everything happen because I exist because they exist. Like I exist because everyone exists. So for me, it's about creating the best experience for every single person that encounters me. I create products and services that are going to benefit everyone. And if I can't get, if, if I can't make the employees happy, then how does the business get their money? They don't. Yeah. If I have disgruntled and dissatisfied employees, then how does my business make profit, make any kind of money so that we can all get paid and so that the business can continue to exist? It can't. So for me, I don't ever believe that HR is just there for the sole benefit of the business. I'm there to benefit the people, and that's everyone across the mm -hmm. organization. I always strive for a happy medium. So that's why experience like this break my heart every time. Like I feel it, it crushes my soul. It's always like one of those things that makes me go, ugh. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm I, I'll say being in HR because I know that I am not that way. And I know that there are so many of my colleagues that are not that way inclined at all. I am very people driven. I've never been process driven. I, 
I know that handbooks exist, but do I feel that everything I do, I have to slap a policy at someone? No, definitely not. And do I feel that I have the right to do that? No, when people have managers who should be able to trust their teams and know their teams and understand their teams and give them the safe spaces to work. So for me, it's all about creating psychological safety across any organization, anything else. I agree. I think, um, I mean, I will say that HR professionals, probably more than any other department that I've ever worked with, um, the people that you meet, like the actual individual professionals are the most overwhelmingly kind and nice. It's clearly clearly an area of work that attracts people who want to be nice and help people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I speak about HR, I'm really speaking about the, almost the institution rather than the yeah. people because it's clearly it's clearly about the incentives that an organization is putting on that department that is yeah. driving behaviors in different ways rather exactly. than what the individuals are deciding um, yeah. and then also say that you know the when it comes to the work of hr you know these instances these grievances these one these flashpoints they're just the tip of an iceberg but all the way under that iceberg is all this work that we forget about like the benefits policy and all these things that make working at the organization and made it attractive in the first place yeah um, yeah i probably we probably sh- i probably should cut them some slack <laughs> it's, it's, yeah see the big picture is all i'm saying because at the end of the day sometimes our hands are tied um by leaders who just don't want to see the big picture um yesterday i actually interviewed but i shouldn't say yesterday because i don't know <laughs> well you don't, know when it's <laughs> don't break the fourth wall now well, I did. I interviewed someone recently who wrote a book. Um, I don't know if you know Minda Hart, and she wrote yes. a book right within. And Minda was sharing her experiences, and she too said that based on her experiences, she felt like HR had failed her too. But you know, just not being remiss of the fact that you know HR have a job to do, um, and she understands that not every HR professional is like that. It's just unfortunate right. that the HR that she encountered did not help her when she was dealing with her racial trauma in, in the workplace. And if you haven't read Right Within, oh my God, please read it. Yes, read everybody. It make, it, make it one of those books that you read every single year just to keep you, keep in the front of your mind, you know, the things that actually do happen in workplaces. And I would say every person should read that book. Doesn't matter what color you are. That book. Literally. Is a book. Um, definitely, and I'm excited to listen to the episode uh, that Minda's on. I didn't know you were having her on. I can't wait to hear that. Yes, this is a great one. So look out for that one for sure. Echo, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you being here today and having this conversation with me. I feel like we could, we need to do this again for yeah, sure. For sure, let's do it. Mike, you you have an open door. Yeah. Anytime you want to come in and talk, you want to tell us what's happening when you go to enterprise, anything at all, my door is always open for you. Oh, fantastic. Let's call this part one then. This is part (laughs) one. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks, Julie. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all of the episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. 
Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.